Hey guys, it's Andy from Good Friends Bad Movies here and I'm with Matt and Ross. Um, just before Hello. we start the episode, just wanted to say thanks for everyone that's liked us on Facebook, followed us on Twitter and subscribed on wherever you can get it on. So ACAS and iTunes at the moment, thanks for that. Really appreciate it. If you could take just five minutes or it probably takes shorter than that just to give us a review. Half a minute. Half a minute. Just give us a review on iTunes, that would be great. It'll really help us in these early kind of couple of months and episodes just while we're getting things on the Five star. The road. And of course, share with your friends if you think they'll like it. Five star. Let them know. Share and with your friends if you don't think they'll like it. Yeah, exactly, man. Just Controversy. Let's just share it. Read something. Have, cash. have the hard conversation. Have the difficult conversation with your friend. If they don't like the podcast, you need to split with them. It's the basic. That's how it goes. Your wife, your partner. Five stars. Split with them. Your dog. Your dog. If they don't like us, split with them. So you can tweet us at GFBM Podcast. We're on Instagram, but that's really useless because we're an audio podcast. At the same time, take five stars. We could. We could take pictures. <laughs> You can Instagram us at GFBM Podcast. You can email us at GFBM Podcast at gmail.com. Send us, send us questions or send abuse. Send us questions or abuse. Or reviews. Dick pics mostly, please. Um, movie suggestions, tweet at us, and you can like us on Facebook as well. That's just Good Friends, Bad Movies. You'll be able to find that easily. But again, thanks for listening, guys. Ross doesn't have Twitter. Ross doesn't Ross, have Twitter. Ross is a hermit. <laughs> <laughs> If you want Ross, send him a carrier pigeon. Yeah. Or two. But thanks for listening and enjoy the episode. Five stars. Tastes like microchips. They smell like microchips. They feel like microchips. Microchips. Hey chums, and welcome to Good Friends Bad <laughs> Movies with me, Matthew Dunsmore. And me, Andy Ross. And me, Ross. And this week on our little show, <laughs> we're going to be watching a wee film called Nightmare at Noon. Nightmare now, at noon. for all you wee kiddies out there, it's probably not appropriate. <laughs> Um, but my good wee friend here, Ross, he's going to read off the synopsis. He's going to read off the synopsis for us, and we're going to have a wee discussion, see what we think about it first. <laughs> we're going to go ahead, watch the movie afterwards, and then we'll come right back with our comments and ideas about the movie. Okay, Ross, take it away for us. Well, our synopsis basically is basically a short story depicting every scene of the film. Mist swirls through the night air as a pair of sinister black vans glide to a stop along the shore of a tranquil southwestern lake. A group of heavily armed men stand guard while their leader, a pale-eyed albino, raises a high-tech pistol towards the lake and fires sending a vial of mind-altering, sickly fluorescent green chemical into the water. Two days later, the windy morning finds Ken Griffith, a complacent entertainment attorney, and his bitchy wife, Cherie, on the road in their monstrous RV. Stopping to pick up a hitchhiker, a laconic ex-cop named Riley, the Griffiths pull into the small town of Canyonlands, where the trio watch in horror as Charlie, a sweet-faced local, goes suddenly berserk, demolishing a restaurant and running amok in a stolen police car before being, before being brought down by Sheriff Roy Hank, the town's burnt-out peacekeeper, and his insecure deputy daughter, Julia. Stranded in Canyonlands owing to an electrical failure in his RV, the result of a powerful force field designed by the albino to prevent escape, Ken is directed to nearby auto junkyard. Following him there, Hanks is immediately crowbarred by an unseen assailant, and Riley and Ken find themselves engaged in a fight to the death with the junkyard's deranged owner while, back at the police station, Cherie falls victim to the contamination and assaults Julia in a vicious free-for-all. That night, the group watches as the vans roll silently into town, men with flamethrowers, flamethrowers incinerating everything in their path. Hardened in their resolve by their sheriff's death, the trio set out in pursuit of the albino and his remaining men on horseback, 
tracking the albino across difficult, rocky terrain, Rayleigh finds himself pinned down by enemy fire from beneath a massive stone arch. A cat and mouse game ensues, with Riley outsmarting the albino into depleting his ammunition. As they prepare for the final showdown, however, an armed black chopper appears behind the albino, set for a rendezvous, and then is outmatched by the fully loaded army helicopter that materialises behind Riley. Sundown finds order gradually being restored to Canyonlands. Bidding a fond, fond goodbye to Julia, Rayleigh climbs inside the metal monster, <laughs> which slowly disappears over the reddening western horizon. Is that literally the entire film? I think, I'm just, I think I've just told the entire film. And it's entire well, episode. this has been good, friends, but maybe thanks for <laughs> joining us this week. I've been Andrew. And I've been Matthew. And I've been Ross. I don't even know if I want to watch this anymore. I don't know if I want to. I think it sounds amazing. It does contain special features such as scene selection. I just want to see this um, albino that it talks about. If it's actually an albino or if it's just something really terrible <laughs> makeup. Possibly. Well, oh well, let's stick it in and we'll be back very shortly to tell you how it went. Thank you. Back. Just watched Nightmare and <laughs> That was um, was this a film? I something. I quite enjoyed it. I didn't. I I enjoyed the sh- sort of schlocky B movie esque. Bees um, bees a higher rating. Right, maybe lower D. Double D's. Double double D oh, rating. Is this, the, is this the rating we're giving it already? No 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 no. I'm saying like because oh, I think it's, it's a, quite a, a B movie. I'm just saying it's probably a D no. movie. Interestingly, but when looking up this film during filming to look at the cast, it's not actually called Nightmare at Noon on IMDb. Oh no. It's in Death Street USA. (laughs) (laughs) Which, interestingly enough, I feel is a much better name. Probably more appropriate after watching it. Yeah, yeah, it seems to all take place on one street. Mm. Um, but if if you didn't get to grips with what um, Rossi's synopsis was off the back of the box which was literally the whole film which was the whole film <laughs> um, I'm going to use a nice sort of concise one which might tantalise you a wee bit more scientists poison the water supply of a small town turning the residents into homicidal maniacs who kill each other and anyone who passes through which I feel described the movie a lot better than then that the actual, whole, the whole, the actual the I've got a feeling that the, back. the synopsis on the back is actually just the script they were all given, <laughs> and they were just kind of like just just go with it, just guys. go just with, go with it, script. One yeah. page, we can we'll figure it out. Just improv the whole film, <laughs> see how it goes. So the, the film itself was directed by Nico Masterakis. Masterakis. So I'm assuming he's he's Greek in some capacity, <laughs> uh, that could be racist. Um, we had Wings Hauser, Wings top billing in the film. Um, although he wasn't in a whole lot famous Ken Griffith he played Ken Griffith yeah. and, and his wife was played by Kimberly Beck and she was Sherry Griffith apparently she was the bitchy character I didn't see that no, I didn't see I that I felt either. like Wings Hauser um, was a complete dick the whole movie and I actively hated his character yeah in the synopsis she's like and his bitchy wife Sharon or whatever she was called Sherry 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 <laughs> or Sherry Sherry I think that's how you say it. How did he actually say it in the film? Sherry, I think. Sherry, okay. But yeah, I feel like the synopsis was written by someone who hates women. Yeah. Someone like Ross. Yeah. I know Ross. What? I don't hate women. Classic Ross. Um, Son of a... But actually, our our real main character was Riley, played by Bo Hopkins, um, who played a sort of... He was a hitchhiker. We've got George Kennedy, who was the sheriff, Sheriff Hanks. Star and role. Favourite character. Um, and we had um, he's pretty great Brian James who played the villain only known as the albino who interestingly (laughs) does not speak the entire film we just see him with his weird terrible albino makeup just doing things to the water supply he looks a bit like Colonel Sanders but interestingly he did look a bit like Colonel Sanders he's been this actor's actually been in in decent movies like Blade Runner was he? (laughs) he was is this Blade Runner? No, no. Is that one? <laughs> he was in... Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. Blade but it Runner was... 2. N- no, it's Coming not that. Coming to Electric Sheep Dream of Robots. Boogaloo. No, no. Boogaloo 2. He's dead, so he's not going to be in Blade oh. Runner 2. Sad times. Sword... 
Jogger 5. A military movie. A military movie. That was... I enjoyed, but I can't remember what it was. Soon 3. Rise of the Next. Am I right in saying Kimberly Ross played Julia? You're correct. And also, Hans Zimmer actually helped out with the soundtrack. I like to think he he sang all the country bits (laughs) in the movie. Country music was a good part of it. And 80s style music. I thoroughly enjoyed that part of it. So how does it begin, boys? Mist well, swirls for the night air as a pair of sinister black no, bands light no. us <laughs> We have to talk about Well, well, well the, the mist swirls through the sinister night air. <laughs> as we open upon um, two black vans upon a lake. Upon a lake. And um, there's this, this guy in the back of one of the vans. This albino did. Interestingly enough, the albino. Um, it's got some like green cum like substance in a wee vial. Well, he's like hacking away as well. He's a good old computer hacking. Yeah, I don't know what he's hacking. Well, but the credits are oh, like no, he's flashing. Just, it's just telling you, know, experiment starting now. And that's kind of how the credits roll. So you like get a bit of green screen. Um, I don't think it's like Matrix writing. Where it's it's like, green screen. It's literally just an old like DOS computer. And they're just typing on it. And the camera's super close to it. So you can almost make out the pixels on it. Were pixels a thing in 1988? No. Um, <laughs> because in 1988, the camera itself, that close to it's not really going to do much. Um, so it just looks terrible. It's a scrolls nightmare at noon. It just looks <laughs> awful. You know you're in for a good time. But yeah, he's, he's got this wee, wee vial of come like green sub stuff. And he's got a wee gun that starts flickering. He gets interrupted by... Um, a hick driving up his truck. He's like, oh, hey, fellas, what are you guys doing? Even though they... Oh, what they, you doing, making a movie? What are those pretty lights? Even though this guy, you know, he's used to all got guns as well. Just... <laughs> the laser's targeted at him. Like, oh, look at the lights. He's making a movie, fellas. Like a sniper. I've like never seen nothing like this out here now, see? So he gets gunned down. He gets absolutely obliterated. And then we have a nice shot of two of the... I'm assuming they're mer- mercenaries, henchmen. Actually, henchmen. It said henchmen in the credits. They push his car into the lake. Yeah, right into the lake. He goes splish splash. That's Let's it. Get rid of all the evidence. So you right know away. these guys are bad. But they're I'm up to no good. I'm wondering if this is the experiment and he's planning shooting this thing into the lake. Surely having stuff that he's not sure it's came from, such as a random yokel, a random car. Who knows what's in the back of the car. Surely pushing it into the lake would almost maybe be counterintuitive to the actual experiment. Oh yeah, because he's like poisoning the, the water supply. Yeah, but he's also doing it for like results, so he's got this weird variable he just sides. Just put it into the, <laughs> yeah, the water. Yeah, it's not a very good scientist. Yeah, I don't think he's a best scientist. He's a mad scientist. I don't think he's mad, he doesn't speak, so I'm assuming he's evil. very... Evil. We don't know his intentions. He may have been trying to improve their lives, hypothetically. Yeah. Um, but obviously this weird variable's turned everybody feral. And maybe he was just like, oh no, I was trying to make everybody love each other more. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Appreciate each other. He shoves this variable in, everybody goes feral. He's like, shit, I have to clean up my own mess. Maybe it was the van that caused it. Well, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Maybe, maybe he wasn't the bad guy in this film. Maybe that hillbilly maybe just he had LSD. murdered a guy and then <laughs> shot him in a lake. We don't know anything about that guy, but maybe he was wanted for murder. Maybe he was a psychopath. Maybe There's all these things that go unanswered. So, so many unanswered questions. Maybe he's not the bad guy. That's all I'm saying. Maybe he's not. <laughs> anyway, suspend your disbelief. Cut to the next scene. No, no, no. no. Or not he's not shot at the water yet. He I shoots. thought he shot the water by now. Yeah, I thought he shot the water. Sorry. Matthew, explain how someone shoots green cum into the water for me. He, ha- he points his gun at the water, he squeezes the trigger, and it goes POO! And the green cum goes into the water. Can you make that noise, noise again? POO! Okay, cool. Thanks for explaining that, man. Drop my pen as well. I'm, I'm sure we can all have that image in our head now. Um, Next scene. <laughs> so we've got our cop, little small town sheriff, <laughs> a little one bedroom flat, and there's alarm clocks going off. It's 7 a.m., it's an sheriff, early start. Sheriff Hanks, he's just woke up. And it goes on for a good 30 seconds just ringing away and he, sh- he shushes his clock and then, says, stop. <laughs> and says thanks good job buddy so we don't know if this film's maybe in the near future where like some technology exists I, I thought it might like, have been and you then, shush at your alarm clock and it goes off and then I thought to myself surely it can't be and it, and it wasn't that was just a weird then, part of the film yeah. and he makes himself a coffee makes himself a coffee by 
pouring some water in his kettle and then leaving it on the stove. Yeah. And it holds on that kettle for quite a while. Surely that's got nothing to do with what the guy was dubbing. <laughs> no, no. But then, then it opens, we meet our, um, our main character, Ken and his wife Sherry. They're driving in their uh, mobile home. Which has the license plate, I sue you. Interestingly enough, because the character Wing says her plays is a lawyer. Hotshot rock and roll lawyer. He needs to get out into the countryside with his wife. He's hired RVs, driving all the US. And he fucking hates solid croissants. Oh, don't even start with croissants. Don't even go me. there. Uh, you know? So Sherry's making microwave croissants. Well, while he's driving, I'd I, I be like, you're making me stuff while I'm driving. That's really nice. I don't care if it's soggy. That's that's touching to me. But Wang Tao's was just like, no. I hate soggy croissants. But in I the hate morning. them. They're they're rotten. They're too soggy for me. I like my croissants crispy, crispy Extra and crispy. filled with Nutella. Nutella. Oh, that's a good croissant. He's a city boy. Yeah, he's a city boy. He's a hotshot lawyer. That's croissants for breakfast. Um, for breakfast. So yeah, I have that wee dynamic with them, and they come across um, a chap. There. Slight in the air. Um, thumbs out, bums out. And he's um, outside the road, like, <coughs> can I get a lift somewhere? Well, I just not even say that. You just stop and let him in. No, they just stop. No, no, no. Go, no he offers Do you want him. a croissant? He offers him. <laughs> he offers him the soggy croissant. Croissants is the theme. And we never know if he takes it. He just kind of looks at it like he raises his eyebrows a bit. And then he's, he's on the truck and they and, drive off. And they drive into Canyonlands. Canyonlands. Such a great name for a town. That's a shite name for a town. <laughs> Small population of about like a thousand, I think it said. Roughly. Oh yeah, just under. By the end of the film, population of what like four? Three. Today you're driving, park up, stop at the, the good old diner. He's like, ah, oh, they'll get my breakfast there. No more soggy croissants. Still talking about croissants. Meanwhile, but while, while they're going into the diner, it cuts back to make out point. And the, the bad guys are sitting up there in their <laughs> old black vans. Oh yeah. their predator vision goggles, which aren't quite. Up to the standard of predator vision, uh, um, basically just makes everything really bloody. So there's no there's no point with like a red tint. Like. There's no point in really using it. Colonel Sanders at the top there at makeout point. You know, and and, and and they're in the restaurant and they order. You know, it's breakfast time's naturally. And two guys like I'll have a beer. <laughs> As you do. And, and Jerry's like I'll have a water and you know the normal thing to you do. know Ken's like. Why would you? Why would you get water? Uh, weird. You, you don't, don't know, know where that's from. Ugh. You know, it's, it's not like it's coming from a tap. It's not like we're we're, we're in America and no Africa. You know. Beer. Now that's pure. You know where that's from. The tit of America. <laughs> so so the, you know they have their beer. She has her their water and uh, a nice friendly yokel Charlie comes in. You know. Charlie. Clearly loved by the waitress. Yep. By everyone. Loved Charlie. By Charlie comes in. Orders. We actually don't know, what, don't he know what he orders. No, he just takes a seat each. The waitress is kind of helping. It's like, give me my usual And he just starts sh- like shaking. Finally, and interestingly, he's the only the only person who gets infected who shakes. Everybody else okay. just sort of like. Anyway, so well, we I don't know if he's infected. We just know, really see just a maybe, crazy man. At the just point. maybe, just maybe part of it. Is. And True. then Fair our waitress comes up. Like, can I get your order, on? And he takes his glasses off very gently. Puts them in his pocket, grabs a knife, and then just stabs her through the hand. Um, Then the chef comes out and kind of guides the woman away while she's screaming with the (laughs) knife in her hand, just leaving Charlie to, like, shake away in madness. So the big shot lawyer decides, hey, I'm going to go ask him what the fuck he's doing. (laughs) So he walks up to him and is like, what the fuck are you doing? And Charlie grabs him by the throat and just starts going to town on him. <laughs> and then Riley's like, oh shit, I better do something now. So he, he saunters up nice and ca- casual. Like, hey, buddy. Hey, Ojin. Punches him in the face. Then does Char- nothing. Charlie does nothing. <laughs> and Riley's like, oh shit. <laughs> so then Charlie starts beating on Riley. Yep. Then um, Riley and Ken uh, double team. Double team. One's got him at the front, one's got him behind. Yep. They're sort of wrestling and, and tasseling and... <laughs> He doesn't quite know what's going on, you know, but are Charlie's dungarees ripped? I don't know. <laughs> Regardless, um, they end up getting Charlie out the window of the bar. Well, Charlie kind of floor throws Riley through the window, I think, and they both go they through. They both, yeah, they both go, through go through the window. Because yeah. it's physics. It was sick. Yeah, that's how so that works. Great Windows just shatter instantly in this film. I loved it. That, that's what happens in real life. Yeah. Then uh, had her, the waitress who got her... Hand bandaged up pretty damn quickly, phone the police. It's not a big deal, you know, get a knife through your hand, just get a wee plaster on it, you're good to go. It's part of, part of the job. It's a risky take being a waitress. So our police officer, Julia, she 
rolls up and she sees Charlie and she knows Charlie and she's like, Charlie, just chill out, man. Like, come on. And Charlie, with the grace of a ballerina, toe pokes the gun out her hand. <laughs> it was actually awesome. <laughs> this old hillbilly guy like brings his leg up to his like chest height and just kicks. It's very, his, very agile, very kicks flexible. Kicks gun out of her hand. <laughs> then he grabs her, chucks her over the car. <laughs> she's a very inept cop. And pulls pulls up her gun and he's like mentally like shaking. His <laughs> eyes are bulging. <laughs> crazy noises. Like going towards her with the gun about she's to trying shoot her. To, she's trying to talk him down. She's like, Charlie, no, you know me. You've known me all your life, Charlie. He's like, he's having none of it. He's a crazed old man. He doesn't know who's talking. And he and he pulls back the hammer on the gun. He's about to shoot her. Then you hear a gunshot. <laughs> um and it cuts and you see Riley behind. With Riley's own gun, which you don't know he's got until mm. that point. Mm. Shot Charlie in the leg. Yeah. Back but in the leg. But something interesting. Yeah. He's got some green cum-like substance coming out of his leg. <laughs> Known as blood. Known as... Well... green blood. If I shot you, Ross, and green stuff came out of your leg, I wouldn't be thinking, that's blood. No, I'd be thinking... You, think you wouldn't cum. think instantly green cum. <laughs> well, you know, I'd maybe think android, and then that will make me leaked to alien... And then I associate the white goo that comes out like Bishop with, you know, because it looks a bit like cum. Okay. I jump back to yeah. your leg. Yeah, that's instantly why I would think. Cum again. And yeah. then that's sort of how okay. I'd associate okay, it. Okay, moving on. You get trapped in a logic. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, interesting enough, have you ever seen Troll 2? It looks very similar to the effect they use when <laughs> um, they turn people into plants. He's eating them. He's going to eat me. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> We might watch that actually, that'd be a good shoot. Yeah, that's Pro 2 is a brilliantly terrible film. So, um, the enemy to the film at hand. They chuck, they chuck Charlie in the back of the car. So he's got green blood. He's probably, you're thinking, well, green cum in the water, <laughs> this guy's got green blood, maybe it's maybe it's related. And he's in the back of the cop car, he's still in like bush, he's going crazy. Shaking, um, shouting. And then then our other cop guy comes up in his car. Sheriff Hank, and, like, he's goes like, off of like a ramp. And it's like, it's ex- <laughs> so extreme like, when like, he comes into the car park. It's like a low-level stunt. The car awesome. does get some air. Like, the suspension is on, like, so loose, it just, like, bounces over and just stops abruptly and gets in, like, hello, what's going on? I got the car. No, no, he's like, he's like what, what the hell's going on? This this is my town. It's a quiet town. Raging with, with Julia. Do I have to remind you, this is a quiet town. Well, Charlie's clearly gone mad. He's just stabbed him. That's Charlie's fault. It's clearly not Julia's fault. Julie didn't goad him into stabbing the waitress. Yeah. But So they tell him what's up with Charlie. They think he's gone a bit. And Riley's like, wire. I'll wave my rats if you take a look at his knee. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and he has a look and then yeah. Charlie just headbutts the window. <laughs> but while that's happening, Ken and Sherry are like, no, we're really even this town. This is too crazy for us. So they get in the re mobile home and start driving away and then it cuts to the albino and he's he's hacking away again oh yeah you know a magnetic field activated it says and then you see a wee cut to like a wee infrared camera which for some reasons disabling vehicles and electronics yeah there's a magnetic field around the town it makes it's like under the dome but not but magnetic magnetic <laughs> but you can still leave the town just by foot you can leave the town on foot yeah just He's not really thought that one through. Or, yeah, or, or the horses. Or had like a bicycle. Or horses. Or horses, yeah. Or a paddle boat. There's a paddle boat. In the desert. There's a river. Shit, I missed that. Oh, there's a lake. Sailboat, yacht. <laughs> Multiple ways to get out of town. Should be noted that Wingshauser then refused to take Riley with him because he had a gun. But then somehow, he has a shotgun in his arm. Shotgun. <laughs> so he just decides, you know... I'm going to carry this shotgun about with me and just hitch a ride with folk and see who see who's see who's willing <laughs> yeah, to take me. back into town. While this is happening, uh, Charlie's properly broke out of the cop car, of his handcuffs, and stolen the other cop car. Well, the sheriff and the deputy just look on, and the sheriff just like Charlie, I don't, I don't want to hurt you, and he just steals the car <laughs> like, and drives please, off. Please, Charlie, no, don't steal the other car. Oh, he's gone. And he drives away, pure mental. Next scene, there's a, well, not even really an elderly woman. It's just a woman parking in a disabled spot. And then Charlie comes up behind her in the, the the cop car and just crashes straight in. And she's like, "Hey, Kappa, I was only gonna be here for ten minutes." Cause she obviously you should you should something a, wrong. She's in a disabled option? spot. Yeah. And then Charlie comes out again, rams into the car. The woman comes out. She's raging like, "What the fuck you doing, you piece of shit!" 
I just got this car painted. And she's standing next to like the driver's, driver's side door. Yeah. Um, and Charlie's coming out again. She doesn't move. She just kind of stands like short <laughs> to the car. Going, ah! Charlie comes towards her, just careens straight through her, and kills her immediately. Yeah. Charlie but gets out, gets his shotgun. The assumption is that he, he killed her, but you don't, you don't really see her afterwards. Maybe she just been like, dangling there. <laughs> anyway, he gets the he gets the shotgun. He's got his shotgun at the back of the car. And starts just shooting up cars, which caught him. Of course, just cause explosions. Instant explosions. If you shoot a car, it's gonna explode. Yeah, we all know this. Aim for the fuel cap. <laughs> Science. So then, our sheriff and deputy show up, and the other cop car finally have managed to track him down. And then they both get out, and they're like, "Charlie, what are you doing? We need to stop you. Still not like gonna shoot him, even though he just murdered this woman. <laughs> um, and he's got a shotgun." Um, <laughs> then another cop turns up Larry that apparently is Charlie's son <laughs> and he's just introduced at this point so you've got no real emotional connection to him or the fact that it's Charlie's son and he's like let me talk to him and he walks up slowly and Charlie seems to be liking it he's got this like goofy happy smile on his face and he lowers his shotgun still pointed like, at him mind you come on pa I'm in the home of the gun we're gonna go home mom misses you <laughs> then you know what's gonna happen he comes up, he just shoots him, screw in the chest. No, he gives, and, he gives you like the, he's like, oh, I might come with you. He starts to put his gun down and then just one arm shoots him. Interestingly well, enough, but when he again. shoots um, his son, he blasts open his police shirt, um, obviously killing him in the process, but his actual t-shirt underneath the police shirt is completely undamaged. <laughs> it's bulletproof. Yeah. But, well, he's not dead then. Like. No, no, alive. no, you don't understand uh, how bulletproof no, material no. works. <laughs> <laughs> it's bulletproof, man, not death-proof. <laughs> God damn. So yeah, that's when our, our main copper decides... Our sheriff, he just like, enough. he's killed a fellow officer. <laughs> can We need to take him down. We have to take him down, yeah. So he's like, come on, Charlie, give it up. Not really taking any cover behind the car and he's shooting at him. And he gets him in the chest. He's not going down. He's not going. Charlie's not going down, he's crazed. Shoots him twice in the chest, down not going down, three times a charm. Charlie's down, tumbles into the dead body of his son. Sad, sad end. It's a family line. But then it cuts to the police station and we get a double Pepsi and Coca-Cola ad placement. Yeah. Oh yeah, sorry, I missed a bit. When Charlie runs into that woman, he comes out the car and just goes, Yay, a bitch! <laughs> <laughs> That's really the only thing he says when he's crazed, but I enjoyed that. That was quite, that was quite fun. Anyway, where the police station is located, which apparently is everywhere in the town, the police station is adjacent Everything to it. Everything was in, is, uh, Everything's like on a, one street. Which one minute walk. Death Street USA is a better title. I, I imagine it's like an X and the police station right in the <laughs> middle of the X, but everything else is like two metres away from it. Yeah. Which is handy. Which is really handy That's for if you're you know, wanting to shoot the film. We also find out that the female police deputy and the sheriff are... Uh, father and daughter it's another little family relationship it's quite nice it's another emotional, emotional, emotional connection emotional you like. I've got a father I've got a, <laughs> I'm, I'm a daughter I, I know the connection you can relate I'm a deputy this is a complicated <laughs> relationship I like it though they are in the police station pretty much all of our main characters Wayne's Hauser has made it back into town and he's looking for a ride out so he's looking for somewhere to hire a car and the police cop recommends going to Floyd's now what sass things like well, I'm not an expert on small town celebrities. You're gonna tell me who the hell Floyd is? And it turns out Floyd is the garage owner, so he heads on over with his shotgun. And in and, and fairness, but the police officer offers to lend him a hand talking to Floyd, and his response is, "I've dealt with twisted sister. I think I can <laughs> handle Floyd." Because you gotta remember, he's a hotshot rock and roll lawyer who deals with bands like Twisted Sister. I feel that's almost nothing. It doesn't add anything to his character. No. It's just that's apparently him. So yeah, he heads into the junkyard to look for Floyd. And we're constantly cutting between him, looking in the junkyard, toward back to the police station to see what they're up to. Can I just pick, pick up on something that sure. really annoyed me in that part? So while, while Ken Wingshauser is looking about the, the junkyard, it's supposed to be building tension in the scene. You're not supposed to know where Floyd is. You've sort of got this, yeah. the music's quite, it's hanging on. It's like something bad's about to happen. And that would be really good if it was just one long scene. Yeah. Scene that didn't cut between the police station. I swear, they cut every 10 seconds backwards and forwards to from this tense music, tense scene to the police station. And it eliminates any sense of, of tension and any sense suspense. of- Suspense. Suspense that, you know, 
Wayne's house might be in danger because he just got his back and you're like, oh yeah, it's the police station, they're all having fun. So because of that, this film is absolutely terrible. No, that's not what I said. No, but, um, <laughs> it could be improved upon. Yes. yes. But also, in the police station, at some point, I can't remember who says it, they indicate that the green blood is actually acid. <gasps> no. So which is another callback to Alien. <laughs> Which, you know, reference earlier Oh on. yes, because at this point Charlie has somehow managed to be taken to the hospital and had his blood analysed that yep. quickly. And then got reported yep. back to... So it's acid, so... Police. Is this the, the true prequel to Alien? I think so. I'm so confused. <laughs> well, Ross, we already established that, you know, the green cum associated with the... The, the, is the, is the android and Alien, right? With the white, okay? Now we find that the green cum blood is actually acid. Now, Ross... What do the xenomorphs in Alien, what's their blood? Acid. Oh. And what colour is it? Is it, is it green? It's green. Oh. You tell me, Ross. <laughs> is this not circumstantial evidence to prove that this takes place in the same universe? Sure. What, what character's called Riley? That's uh, George, George Kennedy? No, that's Paul Hopkins. It's almost Ripley. He is almost Ripley. Riley Ripley. Exactly. Alien. Didn't, didn't think he was the main character. And why? Why do you think Wings Hauser was cast? Because Wings is his first name. And what do spaceships have? Wings. <laughs> Not all spaceships. Illuminati. <laughs> Confirm. So basically, confirming this is the better version of Prometheus. Yeah. Um, so they're they're back at the, the garage now. The sheriff is there. He's walking through. He sees this figure like just. Kind of dark. Sprint, sprint like, past a car. Floyd, Floyd, like, you there? It's like, Floyd, Floyd, who's, Floyd you there? I'm going to go see who was that, that guy over there. And then just a crowbar appears out of nowhere and just kind of taps him on the back of the head. And he's knocked out cold. And he's knocked out cold. Floyd, he's got the madness. Yep. Just sprints, <laughs> he's got the fever. sprints over the top of a car and just jumps on Wingshauser and takes him out. Yep. Luckily, Riley's close by and sees this and picks up a two by four <laughs> and cracks it across his back. Um, instantly to no effect. snapping the 2x4 like it was a piece of polystyrene and then again he's like shit and then um, Floyd starts wailing on him as well Floyd's pretty unsufferable at this point yep. as, as to, was Charlie as was Charlie so as a theme but while, while this is happening while this fight's happening also cuts back again to the police station and we see that um, Sherry Griffith is who had drank the water who had the drank the water at the diner call back seems to be being pretty Creepy, pretty mental. Yeah, she's got her head, she's got her head down. She's and she comes up. She's like real. everything's okay. She's got green eyes. And Julia's like, no, stop it, stop it. Um, this isn't funny. Blah blah blah. <laughs> so they start scrapping. Like pointing while pointing a gun at her, like any good cop would. Yeah, and she doesn't take a shot. She doesn't try and incapacitate her. She just lets her get closer and start fighting her. And and the first thing I noticed was Sherry. Um, Vagina punches Julia against the wall. Low blow. Groin punch is not fun for anyone. No. And it cuts back and, and this is when the fight sort of with um, Floyd ends. I think it's Riley picks up the shotgun. Riley picks up the shotgun. Oh yeah. He kills him and then goes, no charge for parts and service. Because <laughs> he works in a garage. So that's a good one later oh, where he kills someone in a garage. So yeah, they, they're all kind of wrapping up there and they're going to head back to the police station having which, had no luck with Which shows up. actually, by this point Sherry's got the gun and she's aiming it at Deputy. Deputy. They've just killed Floyd and in the next five seconds they're back in the police station. Which is clearing to my point that this police station is literally two metres away from the junkyard. Yeah, they, they kind of just wander back in. And then and take Sherry and chuck her in a, a jail cell. So she's gone crazy. They're like, you get to fuck in the jail cell. Now this is where I thought of like a cool tagline for the film. I think it should have been there's murder in the water supply. <laughs> That's all I have to say there. I like I like it. So they're discussing like what happened is like uh, there must be something in the air. And the, 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 doc the doctor's comes comes back and he's Oh yeah, they called the doctor. And he comes back and he's like, I'll I'll subdue her. Here's what we'll use. We'll use a 100% A-grade tranquilizer and just incapacitate Sherry. No, it's, it's so, more like, it's like, this is a 100% grade A tranquilizer, mister. I'll, I'll sort her out right. <laughs> you ain't What's seen that shit like this before, boy. So, uh, Ken, Ken leads Sherry to the, to, not Sherry, Ken leads the doctor to Sherry's great jail cell. <laughs> um, then just leaves him there. Yeah. Says, you know, just be careful. 
Ober. This yeah. is homicidal maniac. Homicidal maniac. Like, he just opens just... the cell door, lets the doctor go and buy himself the syringe in his toolkit. All the doctors have a And and doctor bag. Doctor bag. Doctor bag. And he tranquilizes her, um, but then leaves his doctor bag in in the cell. Yeah. And just wanders out. Now they're talking about how. Um, this is kind of all happened and they say they need to try and do something one of my favourite lines was when the, detect- the the sheriff is like we've got to act we've got to act now and then Wings Harris was like act? what are you talking about? <laughs> like, that's probably the most fitting line in the entire film <laughs> because none of them can, none act. Of them can act get it? <laughs> get it? But, um, anyway so they start to figure out that it must have been the water because Sherry had the water yep. and our two boys had beer and just as any normal man would. And the doctor's like, theme. have you had water? And they're like, no, we've had beer. And he turns around to the chef. It's like, have you had water? Like, and the chef's like, no, I've no touched, I've not touched water in years. It's like, but, but did you have a coffee? Dun, dun, dun! Dramatically. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> And then after this, the film alludes to him possibly being infected. Um, but then I thought, like, because he boiled the water, he might be all right. Yeah, we, we just assumed he had the shits the whole time. It cut to him sort of having a bit of a, a moment. He kind of keeps almost going crazy and, like, clutching his chest. I think that's just the coffee effect in him. Seven heart palpitations from the caffeine. Um, so I think by this point, the whole town has just gone a bit... Yeah. Like, quite is, a lot of them have drank This is when, running. like, the cars start just... Touching each other and exploding. Yeah. Um, and then they, they sort of go out into the town to try and um, eliminate the problem. And the sheriff's like, self don't, don't don't kill them. You know. Shoot to in- wind. Incapacitate them. Yeah, shoot to wind. Um, and I took, a, I took a wee, wee list when they went into the town. So the priest got shot in the heart and then injected with the tranquilizer, <laughs> which I'm not a doctor. Because the priest got back up. I'm not a doctor but I'm assuming if you got shot in the heart and then got tranquilised you're going to die Um, the mother um, who came at the deputy with a knife shot in the head shot in the head doesn't even try an incapacitator hotel owner on the roof shot with a shotgun then falls off so he's dead Uh, the biker who's shooting people on the street (laughs) that was pretty cool gets shot in I'm assuming like the heart anyway he falls off he, he, his bike hits a car the car explodes the bike explodes and he basically explodes so he's dead as well so at no point do they shoot to wound they only ever seem to shoot to kill um, so are, are, are the people who drank the water really the homicidal maniacs or is the main cast that's what I was thinking mm-hmm. who, who are the real monsters Who's the real enemy? Who's the real enemy? Yeah. That's true. That's where they end. But yeah, they start to try and clear up the town and darkness is coming in. So they make their way back to the police station. Meanwhile, we see our two jet black cars, jet black vans, jet vans. making their way in from Makeout Point. So a good amount of smoke. Driving time. perfectly in parallel with each other, yep. even around a corner. <laughs> exact, exact speed. It's, it's Pretty impressive and unnecessary, but I loved it. And then two guys come out in their white hazmat suits um, with flamethrowers. Yeah. Just start to set the town alight. The one street in the you town. Know, fire touches car, car explodes. As Everything just explodes. Anything touches a car in this film, it's going to explode. Yeah. Doesn't matter what it is. Um, so they all hear this going on in the police station looking at it. It's like, sort of see something a bit fishy going on. Maybe it's not just something in the water. Maybe someone's causing this. Mm-hmm. Maybe these guys are behind it. So they go out like, we need to need to get these guys. I know there's too many to take down at once in the street. So they need to try and bring them in somewhere. And Sheriff um, suggests the drive-in. That's a good place to bring them all. Because so, they, they can't take out the flame for guys in the street because they may have body they may armor. Have bulletproof suits. Bulletproof suits. bulletproof suits. These plastic suits of the ring, they might be bulletproof. According, to the, sh- according to the Sheriff. Yeah. yeah. He's clearly a... Master of master of <laughs> master of arms arms yeah. <laughs> being a small town copper, so he runs out from the bushes and starts to shoot at them, drawing their attention. Then he just runs off, runs away, and then pretty much at the drive-in in like three seconds, the guys get in the the van. It then takes them a good five maybe scenes later <laughs> to reach the drive-in. Well, they all prepare themselves, Pre- prepare a trap for them. Yeah. <laughs> So but but just, they don't the trap they prepare is terrible because 
they are all in the same spot. They don't decide to go different ends of the drive drive in. <coughs> There's all three of them are waiting in one location. Tactically speaking, if you know, say us three going to it, I'd be like Ross, you get behind the screen, Andrew, you probably you dig a wee hole, you know, in the ground, you cover yourself like a wee a wee armadillo, you know, um, you'll be safe in there. Andy you, you poke out, you shoot, and then you know, I'll I'll take the wee projector room, I'll I'll up in there, you know. Three three avenues of attack and, and defence. But they they are instead Sur- like surrounding. Why don't you stay behind this white wall? And you know, I feel that's very very stupid. Very, it's not smart. It's not good planning. So the the vans come into the drive through. I think this is going to be a good make out point. Let's get some more making out on the go boys. So like, no, we got a job to do. And they <laughs> come out and they just start flame throwing into like midair at nothing in particular. Um, maybe I'm assuming it's the sh- ground. Maybe just to show off the, the flamethrowers and the fact that they had a budget for flamethrowers. <laughs> hey, let's let's waste some fuel. I mean, that's a fair point, actually, to make. How much of the budget was wasted on unnecessary explosions? I don't know. I'm not finding what the budget actually was. Oh. How did a film like this even get a budget, though? That's what I understand. I don't know. I'm it's assuming... Like drug money from Wingshauser. <laughs> maybe it's, maybe it's just a laundering scheme. <gasps> like the movie. So anyway, the spring their trap or whatever um what have you yeah and they put the lights on they're instantly blinded because no one can stand the lights of a drive through <laughs> being pointed at them and they start shooting they start shooting they get a couple of them get a couple of and shots then... in but this guy's piling out of the van they're increasing in numbers and their sheriff he's at the back He's having a little he's a having funny a little, turn. He's having a little shits episode that <laughs> yeah. gets a bit Coffee's crazy. Coffee's hitting him again. Yeah. And um, he, he's, tr- he's trying to fight it. He's trying to fight it. He's trying his best, but it, it overcomes him. He's got green in his eyes. and he's He knows just he's gone turning because he's the water. He's gone bright red as well. But he's not going to let his, set his, his life go to waste. So he, he heads on out with his revolver, starts shooting the flame for a guy's Gets them all. One guy is left on the ground, still alive. He's coming up, but he gets him. He gets our boy. He's engulfed in flame. Engulfed in flames. And he's he's walking through this this part of the driving theater. He's walking towards the van on fire, and I'm like, surely not. Surely he's not going to touch the van. He's going. The van's going to explode. But he's inching closer and closer and closer. I'm thinking, surely that's not what's going to happen. <laughs> but he, he, in the back of your mind, you know what is going to happen. So he, he falls into the back of the van. He touches, lies, touches, touches the, the metal floor on it. And the, as soon as he touches it, the whole van just explodes. And it's fantastic. It's sick. It's terrible. And I don't think I've laughed that hard at anything in the movie. All <laughs> part of the plan. A long time. It was it's all awesome. part of the trap. The explosions were really good in this film, actually. It was quite fun. Yeah, it's one of the reasons why I preferred this over Alien Intruder. Yeah. Um, but just so much money was wasted. Everything exploded. Uh-huh. And it's like, it's almost like the director... Is that a waste though, if you enjoyed it? No, but I, I mean, I enjoy, I, I enjoy explosions and that's just something I enjoy. But I, I enjoy explosions more when they're an aid to believability or the story. <laughs> okay, um, maybe I'll add something to the story later. As, as I say, I like explosions. Why don't I like Michael Bay? Because he, has, he just has explosions. There's no substance to the explosion. He meant Transformers has substance. Never Transformers seen. 4, Dark Side of the Moon. Never seen that's Transformers. Transformers 3, Andrew. Sorry, pal. What's the Transformers 4? Uh, Transformers 4 was the one with Mark Wahlberg. Oh, even there. Um, oh. Even more depth to the cast. I hey, can't remember Mark what that Wahlberg's was. Mark Wahlberg's a good actor. I like Mark Wahlberg. You might not think that one if you saw the fourth Transformers film. Uh, I don't want to watch the fourth Transformers film. Well, you'll, you'll never know, Ross. Okay. Um, but let me tell you, the fourth Transformers film is... But we're not talking about the fourth Transformers film. Well, we just did not for yet. a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I keep going into other films that I'd rather have watched than this one. <laughs> um, um, I can't remember what happens after this. I think it's the drive-thru. Well, no, after the drive-thru, so it, com- it cut straight to daytime. Even so, though we've so, already... so there was no like chat about a plan for revenge. No shit, they go to the horse. They get horses. Yeah, but that's daytime. Yeah, exactly. So it's literally it's night, dead of night at the drive-in. Cuts to daytime. Even though we've established this town is literally maybe five meters by five meters. Yeah. 
Um, I can almost bet you that the barnyard is next to the drive-in or the police station. Most but they just say to you know. Did we see them get the horses, or did they just have horses? No, they went and got the horses. Okay. Yeah, and Riley's like, "Oh, we're we're a posse now." <laughs> um, so they're, they're they're trying to ride out with the horses to find the bad guys, even though they don't know where they are. No, no idea. Yeah, somehow they still ride out and find them almost immediately. Yeah, the bad guys were now also on horseback. Yeah, they've, like they've given up their other van. But our heroes find the other van. They do. In the wilderness. And and then Riley's like, why would they just leave all this van here of all this stuff? Not before they shooting it sh- Not before bit, shooting at it for like two minutes. Bit, True. <laughs> but but then, he, then he's like, why, why would you leave this here? And he's like, oh shit. And he's like, run. And then the van explodes. And oh, I heard the thunk crack. That, did, that does add to the plot because it was a trap for them. Yeah, but that, that explosion was fine, Ross. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm just saying other explosions maybe the other not ones so maybe not that so one much. added to it um, um, so the two vans taken out you get no more vans left so so the, sort of they go into the desert because they're assuming that's where the bad guys have gone and um, the albino dude who we've not seen for a wee bit he's riding out on his horse Colonel Sanders Colonel Sanders and he's um, he's like I don't know I don't know why he does it I really don't but he's, his henchmen are following him and he's like I don't think I need you anymore he obviously doesn't say this we don't know because he doesn't say a word, but he just turns around and starts shooting them. Um, so he's just by himself um, in the desert. Oh, we skipped a wee bit. We did skip a did wee bit. Did we skip a bit? There um, a, yeah, so there's a gunfight after the van explodes. The bad guys find our, our heroes and they start shooting down at them. And Wingshauser gets shot. Um, so they have to leave him behind. Was this not happening sort of para- parallel to this? No. No. I, no. think, I think it was because no. they did eventually shoot all the other rest of them I think exactly the bad guys because um, when he was down they all kind of went away and continued on their tasks but this, but, um, I'm not going to lie by this point in the movie I think I'd sort of tuned out sorry <laughs> uh, that point I was like this is just going on too long um, <laughs> I, I'd sort of I can't remember I could, it's sort of all bloody to me so after he got shot instead of well they looked after him and he was like how do you think I'm doing and then Riley says like <laughs> I think you're gonna die, and then you could die maybe. Like, ah, <laughs> shit! And then Riley and Julia have a little romantic subplot next to their maybe dying friend, which was out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. And he's but, old enough to be your father. Yeah, but we maybe grandfather. Anything could happen. <laughs> anything could happen in this. In film, the world so of like. Nightmare at Noon. Or Death Street USA. So our our boy goes off solo. Um, while this is happening, the white albino man is shooting all of his guys for some reason. And now he's going solo. He's executed them. So both going solo, we're going to get a good old showdown. Good old pistols at high noon. Nightmare at noon. In the, in the desert. In the desert. And yeah, it's quite an extended gunfight. The white guy, kind of, he's hidden in the, the jungle. The jungle? The desert. <laughs> they made like a rock somewhere. <laughs> I'm thinking about Predator now. <laughs> uh, the white guy is like in the, in the, in the, behind a rock somewhere. Shooting out our boy. They're both just shooting out of cover. I've got to say, shooting the, each other. the most annoying part of this is at the, the start of it, you don't see who's shooting at Riley. You don't know where they are. Um, but you're sort of given the impression from where Riley's shooting at somebody up on a ridge in front of him. But the shots are coming. He's behind cover. And the shots are coming from like behind the cover. So it looks like somebody from behind the camera has been shooting at Riley. When actuality, the shot should be coming and hitting like yeah. the top of it, and this that just really annoyed me. <laughs> I mean, um, this didn't bring much attention to it. But then again, this film really isn't by attention. Now they're both running out of ammo fairly slowly. Uh, the white guy kind of throws his gun round in like a little tantrum. He's like, <laughs> "Damn it, I'm out of ammo!" And just stands there. As the winds start to build up, you're thinking, what on earth is going on? Right, like, Riley thinks he's got him. Like, he starts reloading his own gun. Very ready, slowly. Very slowly and to taunt him. To taunt the LB. A helicopter appears. Behind Black them. ones, you're like, cool, that's with the bad guy team. And you're like, oh shit, they are terrible. They and are then, behind uh, our hero guy, there's Riley. a big army helicopter. Then we've got a solid... I'd maybe say about 15 minutes of helicopter <laughs> warfare. It's not really warfare because there's like they're just maybe, kind of chasing each there's other. There's like three shots. The, the, the military helicopter takes three shots at the bad guy. One, really t- one misses, the other one hits a car. There's not even a car in the desert, but it comes to a car exploding, which is just 
explosion. It shouldn't have happened, okay. but it happened. Okay. Yeah. It should be noted that this helicopter sequence does not like include Riley or the Albino at all. No. Also doesn't like, relate to the film. You've not seen a helicopter before this point. It's not referenced. We all. also don't know that the army knows that this is going on either. That somehow there's a They've just appeared. They're just in the area. Like. So <laughs> routine search bars. That was really added in for literally no reason. Um the rest of the budget. And and the only thing for me in this scene as well was it kept cutting between an a radio controlled miniature version of these helicopters um and the sort of the proper ones. Because clearly the budget couldn't allow for them using <laughs> that for too long. Yeah. So you see these the smaller ones and they're too small for the scenery. So they don't use any forced perspective with it. It's just they're too small for scenery. And the, the noise the rotors makes nothing like a normal helicopter would make. Oh, the same design was pretty bad in this film. Um, so that chopped sort of badly throughout that scene. And also all of the aerial shots were... Um, filmed through the big bubble glass at the front of the helicopter. A so third helicopter. You could tell that it was filmed from inside the helicopter, like very clearly. Yeah. You could also hear the helicopter noises when they were in the helicopter while the other two were flying. I don't know... I don't even understand that bit why. That's quite confusing. Because generally you're meant to be like, you don't imagine what the cameraman's doing in a film. It's generally good to like... Not sure the immediate surroundings but, I mean, or by, the noises going on behind them. By that point, I was just assuming somebody behind the... Like, when the gunfight just happened, I was assuming someone behind the car, camera's just taking pot shots at yeah. Riley. <laughs> so by that point, I'd lost any sort of illusion that, <laughs> this is a... that the cameraman was not involved in the actual film itself. Mm. <laughs> so this, this helicopter fight just ends with the army shooting the black... Yeah, a wee bit of hiding first. They hide behind, you know, they're they're flying round. As helicopters too. They're flying round a rock formation, and the army helicopter's like, well, we'll just hide here and wait. And the bad guy helicopter, he turns around the corner, sees, um, the you know the army helicopter. He's like, trap, take the shot. The army helicopter blows it up. We don't see any resolution from that. Apart from that. There's any resolution apart from, you know, that explosion. It's not referenced again. It's just there. It's done. That's it. And it cuts back to the town. And, um... Riley... We've we not missed the part where oh, Riley and... Riley... Yeah, well, Riley it doesn't come back to the town. It's still in the desert. And Riley's um, shot, obviously, that'll be known. He's rolled down the hill. So Riley's found him. And he's found his, his wee cum gun. Um, Lovely. The green poison gun, which he takes the vial out of. Yep. Sticks in his mouth and then pokes his finger into the his <laughs> kneecap so that he bites down on it and he's like I saw what you done to a whole town with a vow imagine what it does <laughs> to one man <laughs> and then the old albino guy is like having a, a pure maddie because he's and then Riley instead, instead of shooting him just leaves him just leaves him just even leaves though he doesn't know what maybe, that shit could do maybe he'll survive maybe he'll infect the whole town or country maybe he'll become the Hulk you know he, he, just, he just leaves him there I so at the end of the day we have no idea actually if there'll be no guy died or if he got his comeuppance mm -hmm. or potential sequel in the works well that was Alien Ross Nightmare at the Night oh sorry so there's um, already been like f five sequels exactly there's enough time for another sequel Bring it back round, folks are cool. That's true. Have yeah. the Albino guy come back into, yep. into the forefront of it all. Exactly. But yeah, the film sort of just cuts back to town after that. Riley's leaving. Um, Ken's miraculously healed. He's back in his, his motorhome. His wife again. Miraculously healed. Miraculously no healed. No explanation. She's also in the motorhome. Uh, Riley's kissing Julia. And he's old enough to be her grandfather. Again, horrible. So they, they, the Ken pulls up, he's like, you going our way? And Riley's like, no, I thought you were going the other way. And then um, he just leaves with them. And that's the film. Into the sunset. And it's... And it's... It was something, all right. That's a film. I enjoyed the film more than Alien Intruder, but looking back on it, there's a lot of parts that I tuned out on. Yeah. Because... That the helicopter scene for one was oh, this is horrible rotten that I think so Alien Intruder held my I held my attention as a film that mm -hmm. had, there was a lot going on a lot of very was Alien Intruder shorter I think they were the same line yeah. really 
roughly. This film felt long. Yeah. What, what Alien Intruder had going in its favour more than this was that it cut between the softcore porn bits. <laughs> and there were so many different ones that That's it sort of it kept your interest. So much variety. And um, Gully D. Williams. And, but, That's well, always going to help. I don't really think he helped in that film. No, well, he, did. he did. He was the best part Star of power. Um, George Kennedy. You're trying to tell me you, you wouldn't rather have Wingshauser in a film over Billy so, Williams? That was a film. Matt, do you want to give us some IMDb facts? Yeah, um, so, so during filming, Nico Masterakis, the director, had said that filming of Wingshauser was terrible. Basically, um, because Wings Hauser had a very severe sort of drug and alcohol problem, um, but he also got injured during filming off set when um, he fought with his brother in a motel room, shoved his brother's head through a drywall, and subsequently went to jail, in which the director and crew had to bail him out for. Jesus. Which is why he doesn't appear in the last. Is that why he doesn't appear in the last sort of fight scene? They sort of <laughs> had him get shot and wrote, written out because. Um, they they had sort of t- the helicopters they'd paid for obviously had budget wise they couldn't just rehire them they paid a deposit for them so they had to use them <laughs> in those days which sort of changed the dynamic of the whole thing and I think uh, that's why it makes so little sense oh wait is. so is he meant to like pilot it or something and he wasn't I don't, there I, don't know, I don't think he was meant to pilot it but I'm assuming there was something else yeah there like I can drive an RV bits. I can drive a helicopter um, <laughs> so I, he, he put his brother's head through a drywall, which I think is fantastic. Pretty impressive. But basically, he went to show, in, in my mind, that his character in the film was a dick, and clearly Weinshauser himself is a dick. So he's actually cast really well for the film. I'd say so. Ross, what, what do you think about the film? I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> Why didn't you? I, can't, I don't know, just like... Just... Ugh. Was, was there... Did would you see that it was a bad movie? I'd say it was a bad movie. Did you watch it with I some watched good, it with some friends? good friends? <laughs> what would you rate it, Ross? Out of what? Five wings houses. I'd rate it point five wings houses out of five. That's a very That's pure a low, rating. It's a low rating. Half a wings houser. <laughs> Matthew. I enjoyed this film. I feel like the camera work was much better than an Alien Intruder. I feel the general plot, what there was, made more sense than Alien Trailer. Um, I feel that the acting itself as well wasn't great, but Act? again, was better than Alien Intruder. And I feel the explosions were much better than Alien Trailer, given that Alien Trailer maybe only had like four. Um, I enjoyed this much more. But that being said, I tuned out a lot more because there wasn't, it got to a point that it was just sort of running on fumes. Yeah. <laughs> you can say that. But I enjoyed it. I had a good laugh with it. I thought some of the characters were good. I thought some of the action was... Te- all the action in it was terrible. But in that sort of B-movie schlocky way, that you don't mind that it's terrible because yeah. it's, just sort of, it's sort of meant to be terrible. Yeah. Um, all the explosions were awesome. So I, I enjoyed that. Um, and I would rate it a solid 2.5 Wings Housers. Out of five. That's ridiculous. That's actually yeah. a lot higher than what I was thinking. That's crazy. A lot lower than I thought what you would give it. But I mean, it's still got, technically it's still got a lot of issues, but it's just got that B-movie schlock that I personally sort of enjoy. And, but there's, there's other B-movies I'd probably watch over this nine times out of ten, but as I say, I, I wouldn't like to go back to this probably and watch you <laughs> one night with a beer. I enjoyed it personally. 2.5 is my final rating, and that is bang in the middle of the scale. So. That's, that's fair. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I don't know if it's my kind of film. I'm more sci-fi fantasy. I've started to realise that action films, no matter how good or bad, don't really draw my attention. The explosions were funny. The There were some quality lines in there that we had a laugh about, like the act. What do you mean, <laughs> act line? That was pretty good. None of you connect. Um, yeah, I'd give it 2 out of 5. <laughs> Comparatively to what we've seen before, I enjoyed Alien Intruder. I certainly, I don't, I don't think it deserves a point, a point five rating. Point five is pretty low, to yeah. be fair. I just, I just gave it the rating, the corresponding to how much it was actually worth. And also, fifty p. Fifty p. Also, thank you for missing um, in Glasgow for providing all of our films. 
Um, that's a good shop. You should definitely check out for kind of second-hand vinyls, DVDs. I mean, only if videos. you're ever in Glasgow. Obviously, if you're listening to this and you're from America, we're not condoning you buy a ticket and come to Glasgow because no, that'll be no, far no. too expensive. Oh, yeah. No, come on, see uh, Matthew's house. <laughs> We'd love to have you right. I can sleep in my child's room. Yeah. <laughs> but cool. Thank you so much for listening to Good Friends, Bad Movies. I've been Andrew. I've been Ross. And I've been Matthew. We just watched Nightmare at Noon Coming to a cinema soon And it's gonna make all the girls swoon Wings Hauser He's hot Everyone loves the the shots When he takes at the white guy He's like oh no I just got shots Uh, Okay It's not quite as good as last week's bit. Nailed it. Thanks, Roger.